All right. Um, so I have a question to start us off. And that is, um, if you guys, you guys can hear me, I assume thumbs up on Zoom. So I'm good. All right. So if you were to answer the question, why did God save you? Why did God save you? Do you guys hear that okay? Bob, you got that? Why did God save you? What, and I guess another way to be more direct, for what was the purpose for which God saved you? I mean, why, why did he do that? Why did Jesus die on the cross? Um, what, what's the purpose of that? Why, why would he do that? I would say because we were his delight. He delighted himself in the children scripture. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so for his delight. Yeah. Uh -huh. Clearly for his own pleasure. Uh-huh. So for his delight, for his pleasure. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> I know. I'm going to charge you off with just a really like, you know, it can be really obvious. You can just throw something out. It could be something to sort of wrestle with. Like, why, why did he say I mean, why did he... What was the, what's the purpose of this? I don't know how much we ever really think of that question. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> just so we can have a bunch of people, you know, with him in heaven. <laughs> um, well, for his delight, I mean, I think that's definitely well, a reason. It could be because we were just all just so lost and you know, uh, broken. Uh -huh. Maybe he didn't realize how lost we'd all get or something when he actually made us. And, yeah, what were you going to say, Chris? Were you going to say, <laughs> were you going to say something else, too? Were you? No, I was just... No, no I, I don't know. I can think of many things, you know? Like, I mean, obviously, his, his undenying love for us, right? To save us from sin, Satan, you know? And maybe to teach us how to... I mean, I always think, like, he... The reason why I don't know, like, I think of so many things. Like it's like to give us like a path on how to like love like him, because I mean he obviously had to love us so much in order to save us. Mm -hmm. Like that's some massive love to give, and maybe that's we're supposed to replicate that. It's like kind of like we have some sort of um, what I'm looking for. Like we have some sort of like uh, meaning. No, 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 no. Like like a like like a guide to how to love. Oh, like, okay. Like Jesus, you know. Right. Like, uh -huh. like God, you know? Good. So, yeah. Okay, there's a right answer. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not looking for a right answer. I'm just sort of looking to see what when you answer ask that question, what what comes up. Bob, did you have something there, or anybody? Yeah, for his, for his glory. Okay, for his glory. I think that's, that's one that we. One. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yes, uh, Bill. But I think out of love, he actually misses the connection with us. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So he. Yeah, he wants, I mean, he wants to be connected to us. Part of it. Yeah. He wants to be a part of us. Huh. And he misses yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. He waited a long time, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. In many cases, he's still waiting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. To, so really to be in a relationship with us. There you go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Anyone else? Any other thoughts on that? I mean, I think love too. That's like, yeah. 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 All right.
Okay, so we're going to we're going to start tonight the last section. I mean, it's really not the last last section, but pretty much the last big section of Galatians. Um, Bob's laughing there, like really. <laughs> we have another we we have another year. I'm figuring by the end of 2021 <laughs> we'll be done. Um, okay, so we're going to. I want to read this whole section because this is just consistently when people look at how you section off Galatians, this is is the really the last um, section. Uh, it goes through six six um, ten, and then you you offer some final words in eleven through eighteen. But as far as really the substance of the letter, this last section is is five thirteen. And there's some continuity here. Five thirteen to six ten. So 5.13 to 6.10. So what I want to do is I want to start out by reading that as an entire section, just so we can get sort of the whole sense of it. Um, since it is, I think there, there's a, there is something to be said about making this into that, into really the last section here. So we're going to read 5.13 to 6.10. And I'll tell you what. Hey, Bob. Kessner, why don't you start us off? We'll sort of go around. So I'll start with you. Um, and why don't you read 5.13 through 15. And then um, Steve Hester, I'll have you pick up and read 16 through 24. Um, and then Bill... I'll have you read 25, um, 5.25 through 6.5, and then I think we'll have Charlie, we'll read 6.6 through 6.10, okay? Everyone got that? So just follow along, try to get some sense of like, what is this whole, if you were to try to even like, give a title for this section? Um, you know, is there something that jumps out to you? Is there something that you're hearing as we're reading through? Um, you know, something that jumps out to you. So, all right. So, Bob, let's start with 513 to 515. Okay. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you fight and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Okay, so Steve, go to 516 through 524. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, 
and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warned you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Okay. And 25? Yeah, 5, um, 25 through 6, 5. Okay. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceived, provoking one another, envy one another. Bear one another's burdens. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgressions, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to both will be in itself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mine. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. We do not give up. So then as, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Right. Okay, so any anything as far as if you were to try to label this section or anything that you see that's cohesive about it? Why is it a section? <laughs> Freedom and law. Freedom and law. Okay. Good Bob. Freedom and law. All right. He's also com- he's given us a command now, like what to do with that freedom of the law. Like it's like right in number six, it says, you know, but if any brothers, if anyone is caught in any, tra- in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him. So it's a calling. Now that we're now that we've accepted Christ and we're we have you know we've accepted His Spirit and we're free from the law, now it's our duty to to love our neighbor. Uh huh. But not I mean, just. To restore, I mean, to restore anybody who's not, who's being less, or, you know, who's being tempted in, in any other way. Mm-hmm. And be weary, you know, it says later, like, to be weary of them and not get caught in their trap, but that's how calling them now to evangelize them and get more people to, to that's how I take it, you know, yeah. to get more yeah. people to, to love Christ and to, and to, to know who Christ is, mm-hmm. to help free other people from the law. Yeah. Okay. You know? All right. <laughs> yeah. And what did we call those two things you just said last week? Just talked about what we are, what he's done for us, and then now he's given us oh, commands. Oh, you're talking, uh, what are those two words, the eyes? <laughs> the uh, indicative and, uh, no, is that Yeah, indicative, good. And the imperative. Yep, great. All right. 
So, you know, like we have the, um, we have the Inclusio we talked about, you know, I mean, that's another one that we, you know, in the past we've talked a lot about. So this will probably be a new one that we'll consistently see is whatever we study. Is that imper- the imperative and uh, the indicative and the imperative? Right. Um, yeah, well put for us. So anybody else? What, what strikes you in going through this? feels um, a lot more like tangibly descriptive of I feel mm-hmm. like we've been talking about these theological concepts right? and this is like this is what it feels like this is what it looks like it's very practical yeah good like tangible yeah. Like yeah. yeah like you touch and feel it uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and like freedom is a description uh, the fruit of the spirit or like such good indicators versus the contrast. Here's all the things, like when you're not functioning, here's a whole list of things that show you're in the flesh. Right. So if there's like, it feels very pra- practical. Right. Okay. Practical, tangible. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, I agree with Jeff, Rick. It's, um, it says that just sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap, you know, corruption basically, and sowing to the spirit uh, will lead to life. Yeah. Eternal life, life here and eternal life later. So yeah. it's, I think the big question is, is how do we sow to the Spirit in the most effective way? And is it something actually do we do, or is it God that does through us? Uh, or both. Or both. <laughs> both. Yeah. Yeah. It's a partnership, right? Right. I think that's, I mean, what you just asked there is what I'm hoping is one of the, the big, big questions is how does, how does this happen? I'm hoping we'll get some insight into that as we go through this. I think that's sort of my hope as we go through this last section is not just here's the description, but how does this practically look? You know, we talked last week a little bit, you know, this idea of different ways in which you can picture growing in Christ. Um, You know, I think that's what we most struggle with is like, okay, well, you just said it. How you sow, you sow what you reap. Okay, well, we know that. But how do we put that into practice? Yes, absolutely. You know, what what occurs to me, I mean, like, it is funny that he goes, you're not under the law, you're not under the rules, but he does go, here's a whole list of things you can't do. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, you do go, like, I mean, you, there's a whole other law almost. I mean. Does he say, though, that you can't do this? No, he says well, you've like died to those things. Right. 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 You've been crucified right. to those things. But it's interesting when you use that language, I like the language, you know, you, you can't do these things. That's just, so. Well, we're capable. Yeah. Certainly capable because of our flesh. It's, it's The battle's within us. It's, right. If we're going to let the flesh take over, we're under the law. I think it's clear. Mm-hmm. And like, it says, now that you're in Christ, there's no more condemnation. And there's a big, it's like, if you walk in the Spirit, right? So, condemnation is still a great tool for us mm-hmm. to let us know when we're not walking in the Spirit. Yeah. Because you see the fruit of not walking in the Spirit, yeah. sexual immorality, all that. Right, and we're going to have fun going through that list. Remember when we went through the list in Corinthians? You know, we had this list <laughs> to walk through it. So, we're going to actually walk through that list to make yeah. sure we have a really good picture of 
right. what not to do and what to do. <laughs> or what does it look like? Yeah. Twenty two is such a good one just to read every day. Like I've been like True. part of my prayer now. You know, oh, uh-huh. help me help me today yeah. just to be, you know, loving, joyful, you know, peaceful, calm, whatever it is, you know. Just like that's like patient, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, like just have self control. You know? Right. Like that's a really good one to be. Just start the morning. Yeah, like I, I, every morning, I, like if ever I feel like I'm like about to snap at a client or whatever, this or that, or just in general, you know, I'm always like, just give me some patience right now, some calmness, and peace, right? And I just repeat that right. my own way down, you know. But I got it's the same con, you know. I love 22. Yeah, because no, it that's paints really good. such a pretty picture of like if you live like, like who doesn't want to live. Having all those attributes, right? But well, I think, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's also interesting how like he knows that. <laughs> I kind of laugh when he says to keep you from doing like he says. Okay, so seventeen. He goes, so, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. This makes me laugh because I'm like he just knows that we all. <laughs> There, right there's, we all want to go right at those things. <coughs> there, there's something in there where we all go, you know. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, when we're young, we, we and even in life, sexual immorality is like, or just anything. Like you, you look at everybody, and, oh, God, pretty lady, you know, whatever, right? right? I mean, it's so easy to go into that. And he knows that that's what we want to do. Jealousy, feel, or like fits of anger, they they feel good sometimes. It's just funny how he knew that. It makes me laugh, you know. And it's like. But really try to adhere to the spirit and focus on the spirit, and you and it will guide you around those things. You know, yeah. it's just I don't know. Yeah, makes me laugh when I read it, and he knows. And yeah. he, he knows we all are going to do that. Do you think he has a different classification for the Judaizers than like? Um, I'm just thinking, well, first thing is we were reading that, I was thinking verse 6-1 is funny, because he's like, thinking about last week, but he's like, I think he's contrasting with the storm and a spirit of gentleness, and I'm thinking about last week, he's like, I wish we just cut off the... (laughs) 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 Or like, you foolish Galatians, you know, but I'm wondering, is he like going, they've crossed another line... I think beyond yeah. sin. This is not just sin. This is like it's like the Pharisees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you see who Jesus really went after. Right, right. He's gentle with the sinner. Right, right, right. Exactly. But those that are supposed to know, but like the yeah. arrogant. Yeah. So what's the difference? So like what's so think of in your question. What's the, what's the difference? As to what they're doing, think of what the Pharisees right. are doing. Yeah. Right. Think of what the Judaizers are doing. Well, I wonder if it applies to I'm so flesh versus the spirit versus the law versus grace. Would that be maybe a distinction? Think about what. So Judaizers. Okay, I could I can give the answer, but think about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Judaizers are trying to sneak in the law, right? Sneak in the law for who? For the Gentiles. Well, uh, yes, that's right. Okay, exactly. So, so, so who's the audience? We have audience, you know. Who's the audience of the Judaizers? Themselves. Well, no, no, now think about the, the yeah, yeah, think about the audience. Like you said, yeah. it's the Galatians, right? The Galatian Christians. 
Right. Who is the audience of the Pharisees? It's what? Bob? Yeah, the Jews. Okay. Now, so going back to what you said, who is the audience of 6 1? Well, the people that are living in the flesh, right? They're well, no, well, it would be. No, who's no. Paul talking to in 6 1? Versus who is he talking to in kind of Judaism? He's talking to us, to believers, people who have accepted Christ. Are you, are you yeah, right. right. Exactly. Back I, think exactly. That, I think when you were saying the seven, like, you know, when he was saying basically, you know, chop you off right here is when they were using, if they've already been called to freedom and they're using freedom for the flesh or something like that. It says that somewhere. I was trying to find yeah, that. It yeah. says, where is it? It was, uh, oh, right here. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So, and then it says, but you know, through love, serve one another. Because right above that it says you must, you know, uh, you emasculate themselves in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, I think it's like okay. the difference there is he's using it as the people who accepted Christ right. and have the freedom, but they totally deny it or turn it away later. Is that why on the right page by thinking that? So, so maybe it's these people that are putting burdens on other okay. people. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. You just uh, said. Okay. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. Interesting that he used the word flesh too, because you're talking about. Jesus. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot next week. Starting to talk about this flesh uh, spirit thing, but so think about the, who, and you talk about who does Jesus condemn, who does Christ condemn, yeah. who does Paul condemn? The condemnation is on those who are causing others to stumble, to go astray, yeah, or as Paul did in Corinthians, cause others to slip. Yeah. That's where he comes down yeah. rock hard. Yeah. If you are That's one of if you like if I'm like falling into you know sin of some type, I'm a brother who's fallen into sin, you need to come and help me. Got it. That's very different than me trying to lead you astray. Right. Completely different sort of audience. And notice how he starts out six one. Brothers. He uses an Adelphi, which is, you know, fellow family, hey family members. To the Judaizers, he's saying, you're the ones coming in and breaking up the family. Right. Yeah. Or to the Pharisees, you just said, you're the ones putting these burdens on people because they can't even do it. So there you go. You've got, you got Pharisees and then you've got the Judaizers who are basically teachers. And doesn't the greater damnation fall on the teachers? Absolutely. Yeah, and the scripture says that, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's I'm leaving now. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you take over now. That's why Jesus and Paul were so. I mean, it's kind of that same spirit. Yeah. Like there's a stricter judgment. Like he came after Peter. It's like wait, and James too. Right. It's like, wait. And you guys Peter. Are, Peter is like you guys are leaders. teachers of this. Right. And what and was Peter doing? Peter. Why did Paul come down so hard on Peter? Because Peter was leading yeah. others. Others that's right. Yeah. If it was just Peter. He probably, Paul, would, if just Peter was, you know, off right. doing something he shouldn't be doing, Paul, we, Paul would have just gone to Peter and done what Six One says. Yeah. Let's let's help him come back, right. you know. But Peter was leading others astray. So I think that's what the con. I think mean, that's where there's a huge yeah. difference between the way he talks about them. Yeah. Leadership. Yeah. Right. Leadership yeah. Responsibility. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there a follow up on what happened to Peter after all this? this? I think it's hanged. Not right after this, but somewhere somewhere down the road. Yeah. 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 Um, Do you want to?
you want a booklet just so you can follow along? Okay. Oh, you got yours. Oh, good. Okay, I didn't see if you had yours. Okay, awesome. Yeah, can you put your socks on? Jason, 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 Okay, what I was asking, we're looking, we just read through the section of 513 to 610, which is really the whole section that we're going to be going through starting tonight, uh-huh. um, and just try to look at it holistically, like what is it, the themes. Anybody else? Anybody else as far as when we read through that, anything you picked up? Um, just like the whole 513 to 610, because that's like the next, that's what everyone pretty much says. Here's the next section Paul talks, is going to talk about. And if there's any kind of cohesiveness in what you're seeing him focus on, so a lot of people are giving some different feedback on that. I, uh, I, I, yeah, just at five thirteen to uh, six ten. Yeah, but five thirteen just to through fifteen um, to me was uh, really really and not to jump behind that, but from seven down. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Seven through twelve. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Where 12. we looked at last week. Yeah. Right. And, and looking at that more thoroughly, it, he is talking about human beings. But in addition to that, all the who's and you's and all this stuff. I'm, I'm looking at that more thoroughly, and then the language that he used there was so, so aggressive that I think what he he does too is he purposely moves back and forth from the earthly realm into the spirit realm and trying to get these guys to recognize who really is doing this. And my rage is justified because we're not talking just about human beings. We're talking about the true deceiver here. Okay? Right, ultimately, right. Yeah. What does a deceiver even want to do break up? We're talking directly about Satan here in in those those sentences. what I'm reading into this, which is again justifying that aggression. Then he moves into what the definition of what loving yourself is, mm-hmm. and then what destroying yourself is. And because you have, in order to love yourself, okay, you have to love your neighbor, but in order to love your neighbor, you have to love yourself. Loving yourself is loving your neighbor, right? Well, does he say that? Well, does he? Where does he say that? Does he okay. say loving yourself is loving your neighbor? But through, but but through love, okay, uh-huh. serve one another. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Through love, okay. So we are people, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. So we have to receive <laughs> Christ. All right. Right. And in doing so, we receive love. Right. I mean, the big picture love. Right. Right? Love. Period. What that is. So, I mean, culturally, we always hear, gotta love yourself before you can love anybody else. Well, what does that mean? Right? How do you love yourself? You have to receive Christ to love yourself. That's what is the imperative here. You have to receive Christ in order to be able to love yourself, and in this, that then faith works in loving your neighbor. Okay, good. Hey, Steve, you made it. <laughs> and if you don't, the inevitable result is that you will you will destroy 
invite uh, to devour yourself and others. Right. Okay, good. Well, I think it's interesting that he points out, I mean, he's really, I think, addressing the Judaizers and who's been hindering you is basically the the decision part. Right, right. But it is truly Satan. Ultimately behind it. Ultimately behind it, because he's the one that's trying to divide. I would say it's not James's. Uh, goal or Peter's goal to cause division, right. right? They're just falling into the trap of some of their own inner uh, hidden heart stuff. Yeah, like not wanting to be not part of their group, sure. right? Or just the stuff that our normal stuff that we need to die to get away from. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Saying just it knows our weaknesses, right? And is absolute, so. so when you yeah so when you define <laughs> somebody's actions specifically, this is coming from Satan. Therefore, it is evil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what? So okay. So so what is in Galatians here? What let's call it evil. Let's call it Satan. Okay, what the Judaizers? What is it that they are trying to do? Add something to Jesus. What is the result of that? Nullifies all of yeah. everything that Christ did. Puts you under oh. the law. Okay. okay. So once you keep thinking, what does it do? Divide. What? You what? Divide. It what? It divides. What does it divide? Divides us. Divides Very good. Remember how much Paul's been talking about that? So what? What is Satan? Evil, sin, flesh. What's it ultimately trying to do? Divide the Yeah. Because remember, you guys, right? We had this? Right. <laughs> oh, the, right? the inside is here. Yeah. So what happened? We were originally divided. Yeah. Right? And when we come into Christ, so taking what you just said, when we come into Christ, all these differences of what divides us no longer exist because we now are defined by this. Well, right? Yeah, yeah. So what are the Judaizers trying to do? They're trying to... They're trying to... What? Trying to put a little ring on the outside. Which ultimately will result and Paul says then you're outside of what? Christ. And you're back going to... people's. Yeah. I mean, you're lost. You're in sin. You're... Yeah. No... As you, I mean, we said last week, right? No benefit of Christ. Right. So get outside the circle, no benefit of Christ. Right. You nullify what he's done. So, it's like, yeah, we all have to be one in Christ. And anything else. Yeah. So that's a big, I mean, I think what you just said, Chris, is one of the huge things here. We read this, we read Galatians as we do, as, I mean, in our American society particularly, we read Galatians very about me. Okay, I, you know, am I doing this? Am I doing that? Paul's really trying to get the idea. Really what we're looking at in 513 to 6.10, he is trying to say, sorry to do this again, he's trying to say, you all know, I think we, we look at the world right now, we definitely know what the world looks like very well today, like this. We live it, we see it, we watch it, we feed it, we <laughs> we stream it, we right? right. 
Paul's saying now that you are in Christ, you have formed a new social, ethnic identity. And so when you think and you read the stuff we're reading through in Galatians, don't just think me. Think that what he's trying to do is he's trying to say, this, I'm telling you now in Christ, this is how you are to live. Which looks very different than this. Okay. And so I think that that's, we have to keep a lens on, like the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to be looking at, all those things. Why is he saying all this? Ultimately, he has told us, hey, we're now one in Christ, Galatians 3.28. Now he's starting to tell us to keep that community in Christ. This is what you have to do. That's why he's so against the Judaizers saying, you're trying to split this up. And that's why he says, why is he saying, but that's what Jeff said. In 6.1, brothers, if you're caught in transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. What are you trying to do? Restore the brother or sister that's come outside. I don't want to get too far off talk, topic. I've heard, have you ever heard somebody say, well, we're Christians, but we're just not of the same DNA? No, yeah, really? Oh, we're, we're oh, like, like denomination. Oh, but we're. In, we all have different DNA, but when it all fall under Christ, wouldn't we all have? Yeah, I mean, like I, I will use the term DNA. I do use it, which is based actually from a book that was written a long time ago about churches. Um, but I would use that in the sense of the characteristics that make, well, like DNA, right? Yeah. I'm a guy, you're a guy, but we look different, but we have a lot of things come, but we have things that are distinct that make us unique. Gifts of the Spirit. I have certain gifts, you have certain gifts, right? Churches also, I think, I would agree, have a DNA. You know, Little Church by the Sea does not look like mirrors. Right. And if you're going to both, forget about size, there's a different feel. Both are in Christ. Both are worshiping God. Both are, you know, okay, learning to become like Christ. But there's a distinctiveness between those. Ultimately, though, we are all in that circle. Yeah. But yeah. I would say you'd be like, okay, so there are toes. And yeah. we're the next, we're a toe right next to it, right? Right. It's all part of the body. It's I all part of the one body. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. get concerned with people. I, if, it, if it's creating division in that yeah. sense, I would say yes. Yeah. yeah, you should be careful about that. Yeah. 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 Which is why it's not good to be too critical of denominations or right. anything like that. Because ultimately, if you, what does Paul say? It all comes down to one thing. What, remember? What does this look like? Only one thing. Are you in Christ? In Christ. Are you in Christ, which means you have faith? in Christ not works of law and it means you have the what inside of you the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Yeah. that's it yeah. faith in Christ Spirit living in you so there's your DNA that's the DNA that's of the that church DNA. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. 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 that's good that's good no I think that's good characteristics at different churches as long as it's it's funny you bring it. I've been getting through this just all sorts of DNA related <laughs> stuff. And I would even go as far as to say, because you know what DNA looks like, right? And it's like 
<laughs> these things, right? And Christ yeah, well, they, is yeah. there, right down the center. Suddenly, these things Just all yes. do this. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, pretend they're spiraling up. Yeah. Okay. But without the spirit in the center of that, and you look at what, what does DNA actually look like? It's spiraling, and what, what there's there's differences that go up that binds them together. Each binds side. them together. Maybe that binds them together. together. And, and binds it together. They're just two <laughs> sticks until they get the binding, and then suddenly yeah. they spiral and move. Yeah. Let's get this. Yeah. And that's like the way Paul, to me, writes. Yeah. And he made that that example between Sarah and Hagar. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You know, I'm just thinking yeah. like from just quick from like some of the stuff on race reconciliation right. and stuff like that. They're talking about how white versus black DNA is like 98% the same. 98% so, right? You know, and you're going, the thing that we make massive distinction historically over is so inconsequential and I wonder if it applies to the church too or like we're so different than them and so different than them you're like (laughs) and it may look different but right but you're going at the heart of this it shouldn't be well it's just like every single one of us in here how much we're all we're all we're all white guys yeah Yeah. (laughs) we're all distinctly different Right. Yeah. right, but the difference is so small, right? And we, I guess, what I'm saying is, we tend to take that and small turn it into something up. huge, like circumcision. Probably the same wow. thing. Like you're taking this tiny little point and cause major rifts and divides. Right. Yeah. Speak yourself. Well, <laughs> theoretically, talking about that, I'm sure. All right, buddy, you do the softball. Fine. All right. Okay, good. So, what I'd like to do is tonight, I want to focus, you know, we, we have these moments in our Bible studies, um, for those of you who've been here doing this for a while, where we will, where, where we will spend some time really focused on just one verse, okay? And that's what I want to do tonight, is I want to focus on just the very first verse of this section, which is 513, okay? Because... Really, what Paul's laying out in 5:13 becomes sort of like the not thinking DNA everything. It becomes the thing that's going to hold the rest of it together. <laughs> okay, it's going to become sort of the strand that he's going to create a con. He's going to talk about something here, and then he's really going to start fleshing that out. Okay, so let's take a look at 5:13. So I'll just read it again. So it says, 5.13, For you were called, and I want to again emphasize, you is plural. So when he's saying you, and this goes to Jason, who often sees this rightly so, there's this, who's Paul talking to? Well, now he's saying the word you. So the word you here is he is addressing the Galatian Christian. Not addressing the Judaizers. He's not addressing him and Peter. He's addressing... Galatian Christians. And he says, For you, plural in Greek, were called to freedom. And then he used Adelphi, Delphi, something like that, which is really means brothers and sisters. If you look at newer translations, you'll see it says brothers and sisters, rightly so, because the word really means 
members like of a family. Okay, um, so it includes, you know, both. So for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now this one sentence is packed. <laughs> okay, with a lot going on. The first thing that's going on is the question I asked you at the very beginning. Anybody remember the question? That was a long time ago. It was about yeah, 45 minutes us? ago. What did I ask you? Why did God save us? Why did God save us? For what purpose did God save us? Freedom. So what did you say, Jason? For freedom. For freedom. I don't ever thought about that. <laughs> but that's exactly what Paul says here. That notice what he uses. He uses, for you were what? Called. Have we heard that word before in Galatians? Yeah. Okay. So take a look, just just to sort of review. So take a look at Galatians 1, 6. See where Paul has used his word before. So Galatians 1, 6, all the way back. So now it says, I am astonished you were so quickly deserting him who called you. There's the you again. Is he talking to Galatian Christians? Now, what does he say that you are deserting Christ or God who called you into the grace of Christ? So there is what we are called into. We're called into the grace of Christ. But there you see that word calling again. And then in 15, so if you look at 15, it says, But when he who has set me apart before I was born and who called me, look at the, who he focusing on himself. So Paul's now being called, same word of calling, what he was called for. And then we have where we're at now. And, uh, oh, no, sorry, in 5.8, we also have the calling. So in 5.8 it says, This persuasion... Persuade, yeah, persuasion. We looked at this last week. This persuasion is not from him. We asked out, who is that? Christ. This persuasion is not from him who calls you. In other words, what Paul was talking about here is what's happening with the Judaizers is not coming from Christ persuading you. Okay? But again, there's that calling. So you can see this calling. So we're all called to something. Okay? We're called for a purpose. There's different purposes of scriptures that says we're called to. Here, I don't know if you ever thought of that, but you've been called into a relationship with Christ so you can be free. <laughs> Alright? Not only have I thought about it, I keep thinking, how come we're not talking about anything except that? Yeah. Why, why, see, why are we talking about anything beyond that? Well, here, Paul is focusing on. I don't mean here. I'm right. talking in, in general. Right. Right. Why isn't that the conversation around the kitchen table? Well, good question. So, what is the conversation around the kitchen table around the word freedom today? Don't think what Paul's saying here. So, word freedom, as so many other words here, like love, etc., etc. In fact, all these words we're going to look at tonight all have meanings in the world, right? Okay. Yeah. So, for the, from a just natural perspective, world perspective, think today, you hear the word freedom a lot, okay? 
What is the word freedom focused on when you're not talking in this, but you're talking about the world? No. It's self in what way? Freedom to be who you want to be. Do oh, what you want to do. Great. Yeah. Very good. So notice what he just did. Yeah, I want you to even think about that. So there's one. Freedom. What did you say? Freedom to do what you want, freedom to freedom love to who you want, you freedom want. to be who you want to be. And what are you free? What are you, what, what are you free from there? Uh, social constraints, taxation. Well, I would say that's not freedom. Well, I'm right. not. I'm right. not saying it is. So that's what I'm saying. What we use the word freedom, and we as Christians would use the word freedom. Right. Different. In different ways, even too. Freedom from judgment, okay. All those verses you said had called by what? Yeah. Were called by grace. Right. 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 Which in grace serving ourselves has no place. Huh. Right? right? When you're called by grace, if you're gonna walk in this grace. Now we are called to serve others, extending that same grace to others instead of serving ourselves. A- absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. And so the freedom comes when you stop serving yourself. Yeah. But, as Charlie said, think about what the world yeah, means by right. freedom. Exactly. Because we're, we're um, I've had people ask me lately about, you know, Things that they would like the church to teach. They would, you know, like to have subjects on one. One is apologetics. Okay, how do we defend the faith? How do we defend the faith and talk about faith in today's world, which looked different than it is 50 years ago? All right. Well, to do that, you've got to be able to have dialogue with the world's terms <laughs> and concepts versus Christian terms and concepts. So you use the word freedom in the world it's going to be something very different than what we're talking about in Christ. So one of them is what Charlie said, is I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Whenever I want to do. You know? What other types of way do we use freedom? In a worldly way? Yeah, in a worldly way. (coughs) Freedom to choose. Okay, freedom to choose, yeah. Freedom to live where you want to go, to travel where you want to go, to, to everything and anything that is not of God. That's that's the concern. What am I what am yeah. I free to do with my body? What am I free to do with my thoughts? Yeah. It's like a, to piggyback on that, it's like we, we think of freedom as very selfish, you know? Like it's very selfish, yeah. whereas like in the Bible freedom don't use the freedom in, in to gain um, or or let me say like this, like don't use freedom for the as in the flesh, right? But to serve one another, right? So mm-hmm. We use it. We, it's different. Like here, we use it so selfishly. Like, I'm free to do this. I can do that. You can't tell me what to do because I'm. I live in America. We have freedom of speech. We have freedom of this. And yeah. I can vote, and I voted for that. It's just very selfish and divided. I. Instead of I, I, yeah. <laughs> versus, <laughs> versus the freedom uh-huh. to serve one another. And like take God's grace and use that to serve one another. It's right. different. It's it's more right. encompassing. It's, it's radically different. It's radically different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're we're so trapped in I. You know, it's yeah. like that freedom is not even. We're still trapped. Right. 
And what happens when you what happens in this when you focus on I? Out of the circle. <laughs> yeah. Very good. You're out of the circle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you stay off. I say you devour one another. Yeah, well, there, yeah, yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly so what I'm saying. Yeah, go ahead, Bob. We, we tend to think sometimes that freedom is, as, as you mentioned, uh, uh, selfish. But I think that has been a lie, a divisive lie, that the enemy wants us to disparage freedom. Freedom is a good thing. It's just like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was in fact a good thing. It left alone. It's even better. <laughs> but God made that thing for a purpose. Mm -hmm. It was not for us to eat. You know, Greg, maybe it is uh, freedom, freedom from selfishness. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Freedom from selfishness, yeah. Anybody else can you think of how we use freedom? Well, I think it's, it's interesting to think of the, as he's going down that list of the things in the flesh uh -huh. um, as things that enslave us. Right. Yeah. Right, so you go... Yeah, very, yeah, part of the exactly. problem with sin, right, is it's, um, it's working against freedom. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Uh, they say it's like the principle of addiction, right? It's this idea of like greater cost for diminishing returns is kind of how sin operates, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like we're freed from that, but when we go back into it, you go back into this bondage and it's freedom itself that's suffering by the sin. Yeah. yeah. We're putting ourselves into that yeah. bond. Which, sort of looking here, notice just what you just said, Jeff, sort of is a good segue into what does he say next? So he says, for first, you were called to freedom. So, what's the purpose of why we're called in Christ? Is to be free. A lot of times, the I know I did before you're a Christian, and the world will look at Christianity and they'll say you are enslaved to having to do this, having to do that, and you know you can't get out of the circle. You're really not free. You know you've got to do all these things. <laughs> okay. It's a bunch of laws and rules they look at as Christians and they think that actually it's the opposite of what it really is. That in Christ we have the true freedom. Um, and so it says, that's what it says here, it says, only do not use, so we are free now. Okay, as, and we learned what? What are we free of? We're free from the law. Out of God. Is the what, Bob? The wrath. Okay. Yeah, we're free from the wrath of God. We're free from the consequences of sin. Exactly. Okay. We're free from the law of sin and death. Yeah, the law of sin, right? Yeah. So it says, don't. So now you know you are free for that. So think about it. You're now free. You're free from that. Now the very first thing he says about that freedom is, don't let that freedom become an opportunity. Well. But notice he doesn't say sin. So when we talked about this last week a little bit. Notice Paul does not... He, oh, that's flesh. what most people yeah, will flesh. think Paul should use as the term sin. But he's, he's tying it in with circumcision. Right. Well, he's tying it with circumcision. Why is he using the word flesh? What did we, what did we talk about? We've done a couple times. 
Why do you think Paul does not say sin? Instead he, instead he says flesh. That's selfish nature? Is that why? And then, because then right after that he, talks, he says serve one another? Because yeah. sin doesn't always mean... What is, what is <coughs> sin? It's not do's and don'ts. It's what? It's, it's not do's and don'ts. It's not do's and don'ts. What is do's and don'ts? What do we call that? The law. Law. Okay. So Paul's already told us that under the law, and it says this in Romans 2, under the law is where you know sin and where sin manifests itself and sin, it becomes sin because there is a law. Paul sort of talked about that earlier in Galatians. His focus now is not going to really be on sin per se, which also can be somewhat individualistic, but it's not on sin because we're no longer under the law. So in that sense, we're not, yeah, we're free now from the law. Now there's something else that's out to get us. Freedom of flesh. (laughs) The flesh. And we're going to delve next week much more into this flesh. So is that, you know, connected to the comforts? Is it comfort and carnal or flesh? That's what we're going to wrestle with. In the next next week, particularly, well, next week, the next couple of weeks is what is flesh? Because to understand what flesh is, you have to understand. Well, so, what's the opposite of sin? When someone said, "What's what's the opposite of sin?" Obedience. What you say? What say, Bob? Oneness with God. Oneness, but what if you're not? So we say that we say that Jesus was without sin. We call him grace, righteous, righteous, pure, holy, holy. Okay, all right. That's someone without sin. Paul's not making that contrast. He's going to make that contrast in how we live our lives between flesh and spirit. Good Bob. This could be talking to Greeks. No, I don't think so. Because that would be very great. Flesh? Flesh is spirit. Sarks? Yeah. Right. And Numa? Yeah. I mean, those distinctions would be, for them, that's like two yeah. main categories of like. Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't know. It might be some of the Greek stuff, definitely. But I think it's definitely more about the reality of when we're free in Christ, we've been given the spirit mm-hmm. of Christ. So we no longer, so we are free from having to live in the sark, the flesh. Okay. And so he's going to set up this polarity between spirit and flesh, which is sort of a new way. That's the first new thing Paul's talking about here. When we're reading Galatians and the fruit of the spirit, he's not making a contrast about sin, okay, and holiness. He's making a contrast with how are you living. You're no longer living under a law, so you're not doing this because you're under a law and the law is telling you you have to. You're doing it because, and you're doing it out of the very presence of God, which is the Spirit of God. That is what's the motivating factor. And so we're going to see this contrast constantly now calls me to set up between are you living, remember the good old light switch? <laughs> okay? Like the light switch again. 
How are you living right now? Are you living, we talked about last week a little bit, are you living in the spirit? Then you're going to see these certain fruits. Are you living in the flesh? And you're going to see these certain fruits. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, so, and notice how he says you don't want to give it an opportunity for the flesh. So he almost like personalizes the flesh here. Like it's almost like this force. <laughs> this thing that wants to pull you out <laughs> of being in Christ. Don't give the, it's like don't feed the animals, right? Yeah. Don't, don't feed the, the lion because it might, what? Devour you. <laughs> and the flesh can devour you. So don't give opportunity to that. It's like almost like the training wheels are off at this point, right? It's like now that you're free, no longer under that. I like the do's and don'ts saying it like that. Okay. Yeah. Now you're no longer on this do's and don'ts, this little perfect guideline that you had. Right. Now it's gone. Exactly. Right? It's gone. Now you're free, you know, in this yeah. sense. And you, so this thing's trying to now pull you down. And you don't have that guide anymore to, like, well, you do. You're the spirit now. Uh-huh. I like that faith versus law. It's like one section. Right. Uh, and exactly. you understand that now it's spirit versus flesh. It's like a whole new song. Yeah, and see, and, you're, and you, we're going to see Paul's language. Uh-huh. You just said it's very good, Chris. Faith, law, yeah. spirit, flesh. Right. You're going to see those sort of do this. <laughs> faith means you have the spirit. Mm-hmm. All right. You're not under the law. Right. No. right. You're not living by the flesh. You sort of have the there. Yeah. I think this is similar to like um, in Ephesians when he talks about like the old man. And the new man. Oh, yeah. 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 We're now a new creation in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So we no longer live. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The old Adam versus the new Adam. <laughs> right. Um, okay. <clears throat> Something to point out here as we, as we take a look at this, ne- this next section. <clears throat> You can look at freedom, one way of looking at people try to describe freedom is by using two words <coughs> to look at freedom. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before. It's somewhat, it's negative freedom and positive freedom. Negative would be slavery? No. So negative freedom, and this is what we talk a lot about in the world. Okay, so you want to think about like when you gave you a description of freedom, you are, what you're really describing is you're free, you're, what, one thing you're describing is you're free from the constraints of the world. I no longer have to do these things in the world. I'm free from some oppression. Okay. So you can think, I mean, naturally, if a country, you know, you, you know we, the United States exists because we broke away from the oppression of England. Right, and we came over to be a free country. All right, we're no longer we're free from England. We're no longer under England's England's oppression. All right, that freedom from something. Okay, so they can term that use that term negative. You're free. You're you lost something. Guess maybe that's why it's negative. Okay, so that's good. We know what as Christians we're free from something. We're free from what? Sin. We're free from, earlier, wrath of God. 
What other things are we free from? Okay. We're free from the illusion of the enemy. Of, okay. Of, of what? What worldly freedom is? We're free from yeah, the falsity. Good. The, and we're also free. You just said we're also free from. We should be free from the effects of evil. Okay. Um, what else? Anybody want to think of what else would be free from? Accusation. Ac- ac- oh, that's good. Ac- well, that's your. That's the Satan, right? You're free from the accusations of the, of the devil. All right. The accusatory nature of the devil. <laughs> Free from condemnation. Free from condemnation. Very good. Very, very good, actually. I mean, we're no longer... That's huge when you think about yeah. that. I mean, how many Christians still live under a sense of condemnation yeah. and not knowing that they God has freed them from all that guilt and all that stuff of the past? First of all, they don't even know they're free from it. <laughs> okay. Which then gets to the next part is positive freedom is not just freedom from something, but freedom to do something. What? To do something. Freedom to do something. Freedom for something. Okay? So freedom is not just, we can just be, I'm free from this. But in itself, it doesn't, it doesn't really, what does it do for you? Yeah, I'm free. But what are you free to do now? What are you free for? And so what Paul's doing here is he's talking about that you've been given freedom from, but he's going to focus on that freedom you've been given. It's not just from something, but it's for something. There's a purpose behind that freedom. So we've been saved to be free, to have a purpose, to use that freedom or something. So the irony is we're actually, are we <laughs> we're not free in the way the world wants to think of it, right? The sense of, well, I can I just do whatever I want to. I can just go do, you know, whatever. No, that's not real freedom. Freedom is not just your freedom from something, but now you're free. God giving you a purpose to do something. Now we're enslaved to others. Well, exactly what we need to do. Right, right. Okay. That makes sense? Sort of this thinking about freedom from those two perspectives. Well, it seems like it'd be like an opportunity to be free of your fallen, sinful desires and nature, too. Yeah. So you're free of those desires, but you've but you got to use that freedom for something. It's like that whole thing, like if you're going to get rid of a bad habit, replace it with a... Good habit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Sure. Well, that's when you come into living by the Spirit and bearing the fruit of what God's purpose is for us. Yeah, excellent, Bill. Yep. Love. Love. Peace. Yep. And joy. Yep. Contentment. Not striving for ourselves, but living through God and for God. Right. Good. Something that hit me while I was reading this mm-hmm. part here was uh, that question of, you know, the flesh versus true freedom. And so it just hit me like, well, who's our example of that? It's Jesus Christ, right? So I wrote Jesus Christ and slash the apostles and then a, a little line and a, and a, and a orange so I could write the differences the, 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 oh, the two right, right. and of course I, left, oh, I just drew a cross 
And so on the one side was Jesus Christ, the apostles, the other side was uh, Satan and the killers of Christ, mm-hmm. which is the world, right? And and it's kind of like, like who do you want to who do you want to emulate, right? And so that freedom, of course, all those people were killed brutally, except for John, but they tried to boil him, right? So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> we have a lot of hope. <laughs> yeah. So service to all which uh-huh. equals love for all eternity for God, for God's glory and then the other guys destruction of the truth despised by all for all eternity to protect their own earthly power for their own glory I was like oh well that makes it pretty easy you see that? That's good to have that contrast. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I think what you see is it's this way of serving others is so contrary to our flesh and how right. we've been raised and the whole deal. Right. And so no, that's when you do serve others, the glory does go to God because when you do do that, just. I don't know. Have you ever done something for somebody and it's just like they're just beyond beside themselves? And it feels so good. And that's actually was by total grace or by mercy because they did not deserve it. They never expected it. They didn't see it coming. (laughs) Yeah. So, doesn't that make make you think then uh, uh, what gives a man the courage, right? to take the position of truly stepping over that line right and going I no longer live in this reality I live in that reality and to me it's like that's and I'm just really starting to to step over that bridge which is I have to conceive of eternity the the true just blip of time that we're here it's suddenly something clicks in your head for me and I'm like oh this is so temporary and such an opportunity to do some amazing things and when when you recognize the the trueness of eternity and what and what that could mean all of a sudden pain can you can you castrate me while you burn me upside down on the cross? You know, and just so I experience it all. I want to listen into a podcast where this this person was saying it was just the simplest thing, but she said, "When I walk into a room, whatever circumstance, regardless, whoever is there, whoever I interact with, my whole focus is I want them to feel loved. That's it. Yeah. Right. Right. And." And the person that was interviewing this person was like, oh my gosh, that's how I feel every time like, I talk to you. I feel so loved. Right? <laughs> and I was thinking, it's the simplest thing, but you go, how much am I worried about? What do people think of me right now? Or am I doing something that's going to make myself look like I have value? Or, right? And you're going, all of that is taking up all this bandwidth. Right? So I've got like this much less to think about other people. Right? So you're going... You're free from all this clutter of like self-absorption and insecurity. If you're free from that, then you're just present with everybody and going, "How do I make you feel like yeah. you have my whole attention right now?" Right? You're like, 
oh my gosh, that feels amazing. <laughs> right to where he goes, you're called to freedom, only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And you're like, that really is very simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, you know what I mean? Like, I think we complicate that so much instead of going, how do I make sure when I go in, I'm like, yeah. loving. It's also like, we don't, we don't complicate it either. Like, it, it, it's the whole world. It's the, mm-hmm. In the beginning, it's the present evil age, right? Yep. We talk about it. It's very good. Like and it's this yeah. whole, kind of comes back to it. It's not easy. It's, it's not. We're free, yes, but don't use that as an opportunity for the flesh because there's always something that, that you said that's pulling us. Politics is like one of the biggest ones, right? Like how, how, how like if, as humans, we walk into a room and we want to be attention to them only, right? But we find out that they think differently. You know, maybe they, right. maybe he likes Biden versus Trump. Right. And right. I'm like, how, immediately we're divided right there yeah. and it's and you're not living that way. And that's what's so wrong about this this world and the present evil age. It's so easy. It's not even hard. We don't make it hard. The world makes it hard for us and we... Do you know what I mean? Right. It, it's like we, we, we immediately go... Can you imagine walking into a room with someone knowing you're walking into a room full of atheists, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that when you go in there and you go in with pure grace and you just want someone to feel loved, I mean, would you go in that room? Like, I mean, if, if we were all called, like, you think of things like that, and right. that's how it's so easily divided, and how this flesh is, whatever it is, well, I mean, you just you just gave the description. You walk into a room, people are different than you. They believe differently. Yeah. Than you. Are you gonna? And all of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, the focus is not on right love. It's on no. my rights and I'm right and yes. I'm certain and I, you I, I, you know, you this, you're that. Right. But you'll never lose. Not that your objective right. is this or to win, but you're never gonna lose if you go in and just. Right, you can't lose okay. that way. Yeah. Right, yeah. Because but none, none of that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> right. you're yeah. right. It's probably the hard, well, how hard is it? So, so we think that's so simple, and the words okay. are simple. I want you to think about it. How hard is that? It's the hardest thing in the world. It is the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> in fact, it's so hard, it's so hard, it's so hard <laughs> that God had to die on a cross for us. It's so hard that he didn't just die on a cross for us. He had to give us his power, his presence, as we're going to learn to live that out. That's what the rest of Galatians is going to do. It's going to say, you cannot, you think it's easy? It's not. We can't do it. You you can't do it. We cannot do it by ourselves. And even with the Spirit, we can't do it. Well, we're so bad at it. Well, I would say, with the Spirit, we're the worst at it. But Paul's going to say, with the Spirit, you will do it. Let me just say, with the Spirit, you will do it. That's the life switch again. With the Spirit, you will do it because with the Spirit, that's the presence of God that gives you the ability to do it. So you will be without excuse. Who's doing it right now? Uh, well, because I am. I mean, I don't know who's doing it. Everybody's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like. Are you saying you don't practice it right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try and love anybody? <laughs> I think he's asking you, Jeff. Yeah. Okay. 
You say you mean you really don't do it, Jeff? <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm saying, don't you think that we as the church should be shining right now yeah. in the midst of division? Right. We should be shining as the ones that are rising right. above us. Right. And when you're like down in the weeds we, everywhere. We got, you know, the church got divided over Trump and Biden. Oh, yeah. Over. We don't well, even belong in this. Not just that. Uh, all of it. Which, all of it. Which it's was all of it. Oh, it was a... And there was a lot of division already. Yeah. It was just boiling well, out there. Well, I think, I think the division comes that's from instant social media. Right. Yeah. That well, was I think that's right. That's, that's like the tool that got us all divided. Yeah. And but it, it just exploits the weakness of the flesh. Right. 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 All those things. Right. right. But we, like, I go, we have like not learned how to do this. Right. No, so we haven't. Now we're getting into it. I know. Yeah. Go for it. I would say, like, you know how, like, in Job, you know, and God goes. Okay, go ahead. You can do it, right? He lets him just totally ruin Joe's life, right? Right. And I think like that's social media. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> give the world. I'll give yeah. you social media. Uh, and we'll, and we'll, see, and we'll see if they're holy or not. We'll yeah. see if they're faithful and have and, and can actually hold up. Right. The church. Right. I don't know. It's crazy. I think in that outside. Like I've always said, that's that's the devil. The, the social media that's ran by the devil. He's the creator of it all. And God's like, go ahead. Let's see. Let's take a test. I was going to use a pathetic uh, example of myself, you know, like being in a situation last night where I was at a friend's house doing some work for them in Devore, right, which is just like up the Cajon Pass, and, you know, I'm out there doing some work for him, right, and he, like, it was like testing his uh, sewer system. And he had to go like up and beyond what the county called for, which was like uh, using 300 gallons of water. He had to use a thousand gallons of water to prove to the county that his leach field was like the best leach field ever. So I'm enduring that, right? And this, and I couldn't start the job till two o'clock in the afternoon. So, so now it's ten o'clock. At night. At night. And yet he's fed me dinner and I had a slice of pie and we prayed together. But he was talking so much through that whole time, I was kind of going, man, I can't wait to get out of here. When am I going to get out of here? Right? Here a brother is pouring out to me, but yet I'm like going, yeah, but man, I, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in divorce at nine o'clock at night. You know, well, you can yeah. just go to sleep, and I got to drive all the way home. Yeah, traffic's gonna be right? better. But that's not pathetic. <laughs> that, isn't that pathetic? Yeah, it's a lot I can't the even like show love. Can't show love when somebody's right. really pouring out. So I want to end because I want to end this part here. <laughs> no, this is very very good discussion. Sorry, Greg. No, don't sorry at all. No, because this is exactly the discussion we want to have. No, this is exactly the discussion we want to have. So definitely not sorry. How does Paul, in this passage here, and this is what I think we get mixed up on, how does Paul, Paul has a definition for love. 
I think he defined, I'm going to just sort of say, he defines love. So the world has this definition of love, which is a whole lot different things, right? A lot of times it's feeling. How do I feel when I, you know, towards another person? But Paul defines love here, which is not just radical, but I think it's, it is the thing that if we don't get what he means by how we love one another, we're not going to do it. And I think it's so radical that we, we don't do it. So how does he love? I want you to look here. Well, okay. So, so notice Bob just said service. Notice, I'm going to say through love, but I'm going to say he's defining love when we what to one another? When we serve Serve. one another. Okay. Now, if I read that, okay, I can go, okay, we need to serve one another. All right? As you said, Jeff, you know, you walk in a room, and the first thing I'm going to think about is how can I serve this person, okay, which is giving them attention, all right? Um, What is the word for serve here? <laughs> because we have our own idea. When we think service, we can think of, you know, like service, like I'm serving someone, like I go to a restaurant, I serve someone, all right? But what is the word? It is, is it doulos. It's what, Steve? Doulos. Doulos. Have you guys heard of that word before? <laughs> what does doulos mean, Bob? Slave. Do you remember when we had that whole night sitting out here? Yes. And we all learned that we're not just yes. to serve Christ, but we are slaves of Christ. Slavery. That is the word. Slave. Doulos. It has a very specific meaning in the Greek culture, like Jehovah of the Greek. The Greek culture is not much different than we're part of the Greek culture today. A slave is someone who is in servitude to someone else. I'm doing, there's a hierarchy, all right? Okay, there's there's a a hierarchy. I was serving my friend and I was in bondage. I I, I, I was in bondage. Right. Right. Well, and maybe in that case, but so I want you to think about what is love here? Love is not serving another. Love is being a slave to another. Okay. So love, if we are to be loving one another, we are mutually in slavery together to one another. Listen to what that's Paul's literally saying. You are now to be slaves to one another. Think of just even the whole meaning of slavery and the whole system back then, even when you think of it today, you wouldn't even want to use these words today to tell the world what does it look like to be in Christ? We are in slave. We are in mutual slavery to one another. What is the difference between that and just saying, oh, I serve someone? Uh, voluntary versus involuntary. Okay, very good. No, that is very important. Okay. Well, it's humility, right? It's humility. Like yeah. Philippians where he's saying, consider others as more important than yourself. 
right? It's yeah. It hold others up and esteem for God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, think about that, just what he said. So I'm actually not just serving someone. I'm now, but it's sort of like what you're doing. I mean, you, yeah. would, have, you would be there all night. Like, well, <laughs> well, you know, I, mean, I, I stayed to the bitter end. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm like going, dang, why didn't I just stay there in that love you're talking about? Yeah. Making him feel love. I don't know that I did. I don't know that he felt loved or not. You know? But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but in a sense, I want to so <laughs> so I think I wonder, Steve, when you say you don't know whether he felt loved or felt love or not. I okay, I'm gonna I don't know if I'm I'm gonna just say it. I'm not sure if I really believe what I'm gonna say, but to me the issue there is not how he felt. The issue is are you Yeah. Are you mutually, are you being a slave to him? He might feel different ways. He might not even feel like you're doing that. But are you laying down your life? Are you, uh-huh. are you putting his interests above your own? Whether he feels that way or not, because different right. people sometimes don't even appreciate what you're doing. Right. The point is we're still doing that. Okay. So, but I don't know. I, I kind of, <coughs> my flesh is, I spent eight hours out of my day for three hours with the pig. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And so you go, I hope so. (laughs) 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 But probably not, you know, but that's my pathetic self going, you know. I really went out there and I did this thing for him, right? To help him, right? Yeah, just so you've got to think about how radical this is to actually say what, I mean, you go back to, we can't do this, or what, what do we look like as a church? Yeah. What, we, what Paul's trying to do is define the circle again. He's trying to say, what happens in the circle stays in the circle. <laughs> what happens in the circle is, and here's the key, mutual slavery. Mutual slavery. So that means that I look after your own interests and that's my focus is to be is to say what what can I do to lay down my life what can I do to say you know I really feel like doing this right now but I'm going to go help Steve but in that this new way of living in Christ I can do that why? because I also trust to know that those people around me are doing that towards me too it's mutual. Okay, if I'm just, you know, giving, 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 and I'm not in a in a family, so to speak, family in Christ, and no one's giving back, we're not really in a mutual love situation, mutually serving each other. And I think that's what's so key about the church is is you know if Jeff and I I'm being just if Jeff and I well we're pastors, so we're the ones that go serve you guys. And no one serves us. I mean, that's that's not the family of Christ. You know, in fact, that's why Paul talks about teachers here too. It's like it needs to go back and forth, right? There's this mutual serving. So that's where it shows our faith in Christ, which is so often about me and my relationship with God. That's why I think I said in a sermon one time. It's like, well, we always say, well, so what's important in your life? God's number one, and then comes my wife. Bull. Okay, that's not what Paul's saying here. Paul's saying the way you can show you love Christ is your wife's first. <laughs> You're mutually 
loving one another. That's why relationships and marriages don't work out because you end up having one party or both all of a sudden decide, I'm not playing this anymore. I'm not going to mutually be enslaved. I'm being enslaved, mutual slavery to one another. So, it, so you can see that here Paul's defining who we are in terms of how we interact with one another. That's what being a Christian is about, is how we do this with one another. Yet I realize in putting God first, my marriage, my wife is blessed for me doing that. Right. Right. It's in proper order. He's the head. I put him first. And then my love for my wife is such that she responds to it. You know what I mean? In love as well. And amazing submission. It's nice. I never had before. But, but it would be like if all of a sudden your wife needs you to do something and say, well, I'm praying yeah. to God right now. And she needs you to take care of something. No, yeah, I, no. don't, I don't. Exactly. It's, it's both. It's all mixed up. But I'm just saying we can, we can tend I, to use I that excuse sometimes. If you need something, yeah, I right. what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Well, then you're just being following along. Right. It's a prescribed law at that point, right? Yeah. Someone's, was Bill, you say something? Or who was saying... I was just going to say, I was thinking of Matthew, uh, thinking of the, the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, when Jesus uh, washed his disciples' feet and modeled, you know, what it was like to serve his disciples and to, to love. And of course, the ultimate sacrifice when he was on the cross and uh, just brutally, <laughs> you know, and he said, forgive these poor sinners because they just don't know what they're doing. You know, right. it's like, no lover is greater than to lay one's life down. But I thought the I was thinking of Jesus washing his disciples' feet mm-hmm. uh, as yeah. kind of a model in a way that we all give, lose ourselves, forget about ourselves, and even if we don't get that love back, you you put it out there anyway because that's what Jesus did. Yeah. 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 You didn't get the love. And it's something that's got to come from your heart, <laughs> and your heart is. Your soul through Christ, you know, and it's, it's that spirit. It's got to come through the spirit. It's got to through the power yeah. of spirit. It, right. it, 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 yeah. it can't be a law. It can't be like uh, I'm doing it because I have to. I've got to do this. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's got to be spontaneous yeah. out of out of the spirit, out of love. Yeah, which is why I think you see the contrast here. Paul said, "Don't give freedom the opportunity for the flesh." So how are you using your freedom? Not just freedom from something, but you're using freedom for mutually. It's like, you know, mutually serving one another. So, what's the opposite? What What is the flesh? You know you're in the flesh when you are not... Right, serving one. Well, when you're not serving one another. When you're not... Yeah. Which is, it sounds to me as a real sense of community. It, yeah, yeah. it defines but community. It defines community. Well, yeah. And you, yeah. To me, what I see is we go to church, and then we kind of withdraw... To our homes and to ourselves. Yeah. Right. Well, in Bill's example, some of it is too letting yourself be served, yeah. which is hard too. It is what? Letting, letting yourself, yourself be served. served by you know. I mean, I sure think of his example. Yeah. Peter. Peter, Peter is like yeah. no, no way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the struggle I'm having with what we're talking about right now is is when it's left to. I mean, I immediately. <coughs> all right, guys. 
we're going to serve one another from this point forward, okay? We're not going to leave the room for the next three weeks. We're just going to make sure each other, okay? I give that about 30 seconds before there's a conflict, okay? And, and so I like the love. Just make a point. Everybody comes in with love. Well, okay, I'm not that smart. I'm just not that good. Even with all the examples in the Bible, I know I can't do that unless I am totally in One of you would have to go to the store. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I need a carton of cigarettes. So, um, Charlie just opened the refrigerator so you guys know on Zoom. He's trying to look for food. We so can't stay here. So we're we're that's, that's what, to me, but through love, what he's saying is, again, not I'm not expecting you knuckleheads to know what through love means, other than through Christ, in Christ, through yeah. the Spirit that you've been given, the right. grace that's how you will know how to love. And that's uh, the only way I'll know how to love. It is what empowers you to love, too. As we're going to learn how to, because we read out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I want to wrap up. I'm going to read, um, just as we sort of wrap up here, I want to read to you a section that sort of, I think, really um, encapsulates this well. This is from John Barclay. It's from a, a book called Paul of the Gift. It's about this big. Um, it's like sort of the, you know, you have people who write on a certain subject. He really focused all around what does the word grace and gift really mean in Scripture. Um, and so it's just this amazing piece of work that he did with that. But this is what he says in here around this passage, um, around this whole idea of, of um, mutual slavery. So he says, <clears throat> so I want you to think too when he's talking, again, he's talking about what this is, right? So it's like, it's not just you, Jason, trying to figure out how you do that by yourself, even in the Spirit. It's you doing that within this group of God, right? Okay. So he says, the rubric that governs the ethos of this community, okay, so they go, okay, is a formula of reciprocity as creative as it is paradoxical which is just what we taught, mutual slavery. The Galatian freedom is, will not become an opportunity for the flesh inasmuch as they are slaves to one another through love. So see the contrast? You're not going to fall to the flesh if you're enslaved to one another through love. This is a remarkable expression since it adjusts an inherently hierarchical relationship. Slavery is always your slave to someone. So it's, you're taking this in that society, using words like this would be just radical. It's like, no, you can't do that. So, Paul knows that. He says, an inherently hierarchical relationship, not by canceling that relationship in the name of equality, which is sort of what the world tries to do, but by making it reciprocal, a hierarchy that turns both ways. See, that's the key to make it work. It can't just be a one-way type thing. It's got to be both, okay? Yeah, and so that's what the world tries to do. It tries to sit there and say, oh, we're just all equal. Oh, okay? No, it says, what's your, who you are, yeah, you're all in Christ equally, but what you're here to do now is each of you has to be doing this. Okay, mutually serving one another. So he says, the simple but powerful word, do what, turns a one-way relationship of power and superiority into a mutual 
so it used to be this way, into a mutual relationship of reciprocal deference, where each seeks to promote the interests of the other. See how it's working? The same structure of relations is outlined in the matching phrase in 6.2, in Galatians 6.2, bear, bear one another's burdens, and you will fulfill the law of Christ. We'll get to that. Burden bearing, which is sort of what Steve was, in a sense, what Steve was talking about, you're bearing another burden. Burden bearing, the work of slaves, is again made a task for all in relationship to all. Again, see, it's all, everyone doing the together. Submission to the interests of others is saved from being a charter for the crushing of the weak by being turned also into the reverse such that the service and honor are continually exchanged. This this reciprocity of relations which does not eradicate but continually inverts a hierarchical order is the hallmark of the Pauline social ethics. Not only with respect to the church as a body, but also in marriage. So this principle, Paul uses in other places like Corinthians, not just for the body of Christ, but in marriage, and in the continual competition to be the first not to receive honor, but to give it to others. This policy turns competition on its head. What matters is not to gain superiority, but to seize it and is seeding it to be honored in return. So he sort of summarizes this all, like someone else summarizes Keener. He said, in stark contrast to the wider cultural ambition of honor, we all are trying to, I'm more more honor, I'm more important than you. In In stark contrast to the wider cultural ambition of honor, believers should compete to honor others. So the world says, I'm in competition to show you that I'm more honorable than you. And what Paul's saying, no, 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 no. What we should be competing for is to how much we are honoring one another. That's what it looks like. Kind of like Luke 48. The end of it says, for he that is least among you. Yeah. Oh. Same shall be great. Yeah. That's the kingdom of God. Yeah. So the more we serve, the greater we are. No, I'm really. Yeah. <laughs> so you see what Paul's going to do for the rest of the close, but what Paul's going to do for the rest of this part of Galatians is he's really describing, as we get to the fruit of the Spirit, he's not describing just, oh, what I do myself. He's describing this is what mutual slavery to one another looks like. This is what it looks like when you're doing it. This is what it looks like when you're not. <laughs> okay? And, yeah, anyway, there you go. Uh, is that helpful? Oh, yeah. Alright. Yeah. Um, Steve Hester. <laughs> Would you mind closing us in prayer? Not at all. Thanks. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for uh, this time together tonight. Thank you for this uh, teaching in your word and for this uh, group of men that are seeking to live in the fruit of the Spirit, seeking to draw closer to you, to walk side by side with you each and every day. 
think he put his time that Greg invests in all of us with the second COVID-19. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys.